Krishna guys. So uh, this is podcast three and in the first podcast we discussed the human life versus animal life and the second podcast we discussed the three ways of gaining knowledge and in this podcast we're discussing the infallible Vedic wisdom and why it is infallible because that's Probably the question everybody has, why should people accept? Because in our last podcast we discussed Sapta Brahman, pure sound, a sound coming from the lips of a pure devotee. It has to be somebody who is fully realized in the knowledge, not just having knowledge, but having realized his self, because the self, the soul, is that what animates the material body and which is perceived as consciousness and we are that consciousness. The Vedas say that we are not this body, we are the spirit soul, part and parcel of Krishna, God, uh, living within the body in the heart region to be precise and that is also why the heart beats and when we leave the body the heart stops beating and the body begins to decompose because the soul is described as an eternal part and parcel of God and the soul is therefore not dying because it's described as eternal. The soul moves on somewhere else uh, beginning its next journey so to speak and the body is left behind and a fully realized spiritual master has realized the, his uh, original spiritual form because it is said that the spirit soul has a original spiritual form which is now you could say in uh, a seed condition. We have to more or less begin Bhakti Yoga, the process of self-realization to wake up the dormant sleeping soul because we have forgotten who we are. We identify ourselves with being a material body, being the husband of somebody, being a plumber, being a baker, being a captain on a ship or a pilot in an airplane. We think that we are this body, that we belong to a certain nationality, English, German, French, Indian, Polish, doesn't matter. And so we have designated so many mm, things to this material body which we consider to be the self but the uh, Vedas especially the Bhagavad Gita is telling us 
that we are not this body. So this is a very deep knowledge to understand that because the illusion uh, we're in, thinking that we are a material body, is very, very strong. And this illusion is so powerful that it has made us forget our original position as servants of the Supreme Personality of God at Sri Krishna. We have completely forgotten. We identify with all these various positions in the material world, you know. And it is only through a genuine spiritual master, in my case that was Sila Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada and Sila Bhaktivedanta Narayan Goswami Maharaj, my spiritual masters, who put me on the journey to wake up from this deep slumber, being in Maya, being in illusion, thinking I'm this material body. So this is very deep knowledge. It's literally a, a revelation to the spirit soul which is in deep sleep. This knowledge is literally waking up the spirit soul from thinking that, oh, I'm this body, I'm this person who belongs to this particular nation. This is my body and I'm this body. That's actually what we're experiencing in illusion. And this is also the original reason why we have so many problems in this world. So why should we accept Sapta Brahm, Sapta Praman, to be true? So the Vedic principles are coming down in a disciplic succession. And that is accept, accepted as an axiomatic truth because it's gener in general by those who have reached the self-realized position there informing us that whatever is written in the Vedas is completely truth, 100%. There is no mistake. The Vedas are also called a paurusheya, and that, and that means that they have got no human author. No human has written them down. Uh, it is accepted that the Vedas are a direct word of God and revealed at the time of creation. And these are some amazing statements, I know. But uh, stay with me, and if you ever come uh, across a book, Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, any Hare Krishna literature, please take a book or research it online. There is a, a website called Bhaktivedanta Veda Base where you can read all these things. So, when you, for example, <coughs> let's say you buy a, a motorcycle, so you get an instruction manual to go along with it. Anything you really buy, any, like for example a stereo system or anything else, you get a manual which explains to you how to you know, a music system, for example, how to connect the speakers, you know, how to search for radio stations and so on. That's all written down. And so similarly, at the time of creation, Krishna says that he gave us the Vedic scriptures uh, for direction and how to uh, survive in this world and how ultimately to come back to him. Because uh, even Jesus, he also said that this world is not my world. He indicated that he came from a different world and also it means that all of us come from that different world, the spiritual world. So this world is not our home. 
This world is also known as Mrityuloka. Uh, Mrityu means death, a repeating death, and Loka means uh, domain or abode. So this world is described as the realm where there is repeated birth, old age, disease and death. So at uh, the time of creation, Krishna gave us the uh, Vedic scriptures for direction and how to behave and how to act in this world. So there are many examples in the Vedas which illustrate how the Vedic wisdom is infallible. And I'm going to talk about some of them in a second. And I would say that scientists, today's scientists, only uh, recently have come to the same conclusions which were written down in the Vedas for over 5,000 years ago. For example, Christopher Columbus, he did not know 500 years ago that there were seven continents. And the Vedas have always said, Bugol, Bugol had Sapta Dvipa, seven continents. So that was already described in the Vedas 5,000 years ago and longer ago. That is one proof. Then, for example, Einstein, he discussed the relative relationship between space and time a short time ago. And the Bhagavad Purana describes uh, Kagut Muni's experience of relativity more than 5,000 years ago. So what we consider new or relatively new has already been known 5,000 years ago. So even, uh, for example, the non-medical literatures like the Srimad Bhagavatam, one of our main scriptures, main texts, uh, which are devotional, which is devotional literature, we find vivid descriptions of uh, human embryology. For example, there are complete details of what happens in a mother's womb from the first month to the tenth month. And today, what they find using the most sophisticated medical instruments, that has already been described 5,000 years ago in the Vedic texts. And then also, for example, the Vedas assert that uh, plants, animals and human beings all having a living force in their bodies. So, and science believed for a very long time that plants have no life. This is a fact. Until Dr. Jagadish Chandra Bose uh, proved uh, beyond doubt that plants have life and he did that uh, via his experiments. Again, this was something known beyond 5,000 years ago. And then, for example, the Vedas claim that there are living entities in fire. And the scientists thought that bacteria cannot survive even in boiled water. That's why they, for example, do, uh, they do sterilizations. Um, but recent medical advancement has shown that there is something called uh, fire bacteria, which survives even in fire. And then the Vedas provide accurate predictions of incarnations of great personalities who will appear in the future uh, with great detail and accuracy. For example, 5,000 years ago, in the stream of Bhagavatam, Lord Buddha and the Reference to that is Sri Bhagavatam 1.3.24. Lord Buddha was predicted 
Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was predicted in the Mahabharata 1279275 and in the Srimad Bhagavatam 11.532, in the Srimad Bhagavatam 12.111 and Chandragupta and the Emperor Ashoka in Srimad Bhagavatam 12.112 and Jesus was predicted in the Bhavisya Purana. Muhammad was predicted in the Bhavisya Purana in, in the Atava Veda in Kanda. So we can see from there that the Vedas are not normal, mundane literature. They are very, very special and originally put down in Sanskrit. So Sanskrit is a very, very old language. It is described as the language of the gods. It is said that the Vedas themselves are the word of God. So they are a very ancient body of knowledge coming down from the ages, from the dawn of creation, and they never change with time, unlike material science. And the Vedas are not compilations of human knowledge. Some people try to speculate like this, but no, they're not compilations of human knowledge. The Vedas carry absolute knowledge. Absolute knowledge, full 100% knowledge about our self, what is the self, even what it is composed of, Brahman, you know, these kind of things. You don't find them in normal mundane literature. So I would say that anyone who is uh, serious about gaining proper understanding about life and fundamental questions of life should turn to the Vedic literatures, especially the Bhagavad Gita. And one who is not so intelligent might have to wait millions of years of repeated birth, old age, disease and death for material science to prove the existence of God and the soul. Because science is trying to do everything with mechanical devices and the soul is antimaterial, it is spiritual. The soul has got nothing material to it at all, 100%. It's, it's spiritual means non-material. So the soul is completely non-material and therefore cannot be perceived with material instruments. So an intelligent person, therefore a seeker of the truth, and there are many, many seekers of the truth, they simply learn the truth by hearing from proper Vedic authorities. Then there are two systems of knowledge, inductive ascending method and deductive descending method. And uh, like for example, inductive ascending method means not to accept any authority and try to find out the truth by one's own endeavor or speculation. For example, if you want to find out by yourself who your father is, you may have to test every man on earth. Even in your whole lifetime, may not, that may not be sufficient to evaluate your father by this method. So therefore the version of the mother regarding our father, brother, sister, etc., for instance, has to be accepted as truth. Isn't that a fact? The mother says, mother says, this is your father, so we don't have to speculate any further. So there is no question of experimenting. 
And if you make an experimental endeavor, you will come to the same conclusion, but just to save time, we should accept the version of the mother. The Vedas are accepted as mother, like mother of knowledge or mother of all knowledge. And then another inductive ascending method is uh, that every person says, or every everyone says, that man is our mortal. So if you want to research to find out whether that is true, you have to study each and every person on earth, and still you may come to think that there may be probably be some man who will not die, but you have not seen him yet. And that is inductive, ascending method. And then there is the deductive, descending method. And the Vedas are also called uh, Sruti. Sruti means uh, or refers to that knowledge which is acquired by hearing. It is not experimental knowledge. You hear from proper authority. And Sruti is considered to be like mother. We take so much knowledge from our mother. For example, if you want to know where your father is, you have to accept your mother's authority, like I said before. And similarly, if you want to know, excuse me, if you want to know something beyond your experience, beyond your experimental knowledge, beyond the activities of your senses, then you have to accept the Vedas. From deductive knowledge, you accept that man is, or humans are mortal. For example, your father says that humans are mortal, and your sister says that humans are mortal, and everyone says that humans are mortal. You do not experiment, you just accept it as a fact that man is mortal. So that is deductive knowledge. And so in this way, one should intelligently choose to accept Vedic knowledge by the deductive descending method, by hearing from proper authority. If we want to attain knowledge by any personal endeavor, by exercising our imperfect senses, ears and eyes, you know, and, and so on, we will never come to the right conclusions because our senses are imperfect. So better to hear from authority, and the authority must be a fully self-realized devotee. But who that is, what that is, how they walk, how they talk, and so on, we will discuss in another podcast. The next podcast will be about the importance of the Bhagavad Gita uh, amongst the Vedic literature, and you will find out a lot of things there. So thank you very much for today, and uh, cannot wait for the next podcast. So please chant along with me. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna. Hare Hare. Hare Rama. Hare Rama. Rama Rama. Hare Hare. Thank you.